Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to another edition of Furnace. <laughs> Sorry, my. Your mind decided to just. Stress. Um, I was about to get in. I was, I was about to pick myself up and be like, oh, yep. I want to hear in the velvety tones of myself, you know. Ah, oh, but your mic was like, no. Mike was like, stay humble. Mike said, come again. Come again. Sit down. <laughs> <laughs> the mic turned into Kendrick Lamar. I know. Anyway, yeah, it's the heavy hitters again. Representing. Where they were the one, two. Robert couldn't make it, but we're here and we're gonna we're gonna throw down. Come on. Sorry, not sorry. As sorry, you know, not sorry. You uh, you teased that you had a spicy one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my question is, yeah. What is your take on, or what is your understanding on believers being baptized for the dead? Mm-hmm. Being baptized for the dead or baptizing yeah. the dead? I don't understand. Um, baptized for the dead. Baptized for the dead. As in, like, yes. I get baptized and that somehow washes a dead person's. Yes. Yes. The reason I'm being quiet is because I don't want to come out wild and be completely wrong. So <laughs> I'm just trying to go through in my head if I can think of any scripture that would give precedence to the idea of one being baptized for another person. First Corinthians 15, verse 29. All right. Paul, men- yeah, Paul mentions along the line of... Um, so I'm reading this from an article. I don't know what version it is, but what do people mean by being baptized on behalf of the dead? If the dead are not raised at all, why are people baptized on their behalf? What, what's the verse, please? 1 Corinthians 15, verse 29. And I know that there was a controversy around it, um, around the Reformation time where the Catholic Church were actually um, collecting money. <laughs> my, my understanding was almost they were doing uh, off- tithes and offerings from the dead. <laughs> and if you, if, you tithe, if you tithe for the dead, it would almost like secure their life from their soul from purgatory. Um. And they were, and that was that was a ploy. From my understanding, then it was a ploy they they hatched when they wanted to build more cathedrals. Mm. So they were like, "Rah, boom! You can you can pay money on behalf of a dead person to get them out of pur- uh, purgatory." But I'm not sure if they kind of jumped off of this scripture or whatever. But yeah, just the notion of being baptized on behalf of the dead, and in all transparency, I don't know how to wrap my head around the scripture. So. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I sort of did a quick skip backwards. Um, and I haven't read the entire chapter. I need to look at this properly. But mm. It sounds like, you know, they're talking about the resurrection of the dead. Of yes. The resurrection of the dead in relation to Christ mm-hmm. being raised from the dead. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's a scripture on its own. It's asking a question, but what's the context of the question? I need to yeah. More that said, I think 
the understanding of baptism is mm. that, or my understanding of baptism is that it is the individual's identifying with Christ's death and his yes. resurrection. And it's symbolic of that. And I say symbolic because I don't think baptism in and of itself takes you to heaven or the uh. entry. Um, and I think baptism in and of, it, in and of itself doesn't, um, doesn't change you if you haven't made that personal um, yes. commitment to God, if you haven't mm-hmm. received the Spirit, um, then baptism in and of itself doesn't do anything. And that's why yeah. I also don't believe in infant baptism because they're mm. making that decision. Um, I do believe in dedication, not infant baptism, but that's a separate question. So yeah. with that said, can I then get baptized for the dead? I don't think so. I think once you are dead... Um, as Christ said to who was it? It was one of these. I think one of the disciples, or a couple of the disciples. So I was like, "Oh, let me bury my my father." And it's like, "Let them yeah. bury their dead." Yeah. I think once you're dead, your time that you're done. Like, yeah, you are asleep, awaiting. I say asleep. You are awaiting either judgment or being saved from judgment, depending on mm-hmm. who you are in Christ. Um, yeah. And so I don't think there's anything that can then be done after the fact that will do anything for you. I don't think mm. any payment of anything. I don't think yeah. any spiritual um, uh, activities. Uh, I don't think you can fast for a dead person um, for for them to do anything unless God's put on your heart to raise someone from the dead and give you the mm. power to do so. I don't think anything you do for the dead, they are dead, they are asleep, they're done. Like, up until mm. we meet them in heaven, as far as I'm concerned, they're done. Like, they're, yeah. So, no, I don't think you can be baptized for the dead um, in any capacity. I don't think you can do anything for the dead, honestly. Mm. Um, and I think the Bible seems to present that outside of the one dude that rose from the dead, yeah, we really shouldn't be concerned. Um, with those that have passed, we should be concerned with our lives, getting to know him and making mm-hmm. him known up until such a point at which we are with him. So, yeah. Okay. That's, that's would you would you make a distinction then between um, the application of Jesus's work on those who lived before him to those who lived after him? Um, if I understand correctly, so as well as like man like Abraham and them not being saved, so sort of yeah, thing. yeah, I, I think the Bible presents that they looked forward to, like they yes. had, they had some sort of premonition or, or yeah, they, they knew what was coming and looked forward to it almost. Yeah, ex- they died in hope. Yeah, they there was an expectation. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they died almost thinking that it would happen in their time. Yeah. Right? And I think that places them in a different disposition to God. Now, interestingly enough, I think it's still by faith because Abraham was considered yeah. righteous by faith. Yeah, by I faith. Think all of them still by faith in as much as they had the law, the law was to point them to their need to have mm. Christ. So like, when I say the law, you know, I'm talking about Moses and them. Abraham obviously didn't have the law. But I think all of them were looking in anticipation. And so... Mm. I think 
that anticipation to what God was going to do, whether mm-hmm. they had language for it or not. I don't think Abraham may have actually had language for yeah. Christ because, you know, it was sort of from the seed and, and the promises mm. we gave David, you know, all of these things were, 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 were sort of hinted at. But I think that anticipation of what God was going to do and the fact that they still live their lives, you know, trying to please God, acknowledge God, had a relationship with God, mm. I think that puts them, you know, in the uh, in the place of being right with God as mm. in the same way that Christ puts us in a place of being right with God at the with with um with his death and with his resurrection. Now mm. I think from God's point of view there is of course this idea of his being outside of time. Yeah. And so it then makes sense to me that he can see those two things and they be equal to him because he sees the end mm. and the beginning. Um, yeah. But again I don't think uh I don't think it's like a retcon that Christ dies and all of a sudden Abraham is now saved because Christ has died, you know, 2000 and something. Yeah. I think God outside of time was pointing them to Christ to begin with. Mm. Afterwards, he's pointing us back to Christ. Mm. And all of us that live, I think, in surrender to him, he accepts, or he, he takes us in and he works with us and he blesses us and he fills us with his spirit. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's how it applies to them. Now, there's some... Um, interpretation of what Christ did in those three days that he was dead. Mm. It says he went to go and then take the yeah. that had passed. Yeah. I haven't studied that too tough to speak authoritatively on it. Um, but what I can say is Abraham will probably still be, will be in heaven and will go and meet him um, because he was the father of faith and dedicated his life to God and we are by virtue of Christ in the same position. So, Oh, which leads to just a random musing. I wonder if Adam, if, if Eve will be in heaven. Or Adam and Eve, to be fair, because they both did the thing. That would be interesting. Yeah, yeah. Either way, we'll be kind of mad. Yeah, yeah. Well, argument can be made that um, given they received the clothes of skin, mm. it was sacrifice. Yeah. 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 And God clearly still had uh, interactions with them. Eve. Yes. You know, acknowledged as much in the naming of the kids. Yeah. 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 All right. Oh, I'm happy with that. I wasn't particularly looking for any answer, but just your thoughts on it. I'm just, I'm just curious what your, what's your take on it? I, I equally don't know. Um, I do believe that those who died in anticipation um, of Christ, of a reconciliation outside of their actions and not living um, recklessly because of that, but still trying to live in faith of God and who he is and his mercy, um, in anticipation of, of Christ without, as you said, having the language, um, they live by faith, even though they didn't have that quote unquote, like theological framework and stuff to be able to kind of hold that by. Um, but in terms of like being baptized on behalf of the dead, I don't, I don't think you could, you can do that. Um, 
I mean, as James, you can do it, but if it's going to be applicable, that's I don't I don't think it will be. Um, and that's the interesting thing. Yeah, it's I am I am really challenged by that scripture in 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 the Bible because every time I every time I come across it, it's almost like um, when you're reading something and then there's like this line that you keep sticking on. I'm just like, yeah, what, what does that mean? To be baptized on your half of the dead. And Paul's like, like, like if Christ isn't raised, then what what does that amount to? And I'm just like, rah, like, are you affirming this? Are you not? Is it a rhetorical question? Um, so I, I am challenged by it, but with my current understanding, I do believe that people will be um quote unquote judged for their actions um those who died apart from the law will be judged apart from the law those who died under the law will be judged under the law um yeah and i even think i even think that that there are almost two separate streams of judgment almost that's going to happen so there's going to be one where if your name is found in the lamb's book of life it's not particularly um, your righteousness that is judged, but rather your your actions towards God, your actions in faith that is judged, like how faithful you are. Mm-hmm. And those who aren't, then it's like, all right, cool. Like, no, we're going to weigh your life. Mm-hmm. We're going to weigh your life to see if you lived up to this standard of righteousness, which unfortunately, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. But justice won't be, um, like, it will be clear for you to know that, no, I, did, I didn't live up to this righteous standard. Um, so almost those two judgments in Christ, it will be your, your faith, your acts of faith that will be judged, even though you will kind of, you're hidden in Christ and, and are seated with him. But outside of faith, then, yeah, your life will be judged in that way. So yeah, I, I don't I don't know how to make sense of it. Mm. I don't know how to make sense of it. What do you think of of my judgment perspective as well? Yeah, no. So I think um... <laughs> my wife just said it's interesting. <laughs> no, but I hold a similar thing where. Uh, so um, I can't remember the verse, but we are hidden from the judgment of life or, or death once we are in the world mm. of life, right? Um, and then it's a judgment of, I almost see it as a judgment of rewards. That's where you receive yeah. you know, an account for your actions. So I hold the same yeah. view that it's there, you're already saved. And that's why I think mm. even the Bible says some people were getting almost by the skin of their teeth. Like, yeah. Yeah, you were saved, but you didn't do jack. You didn't do anything with it. You just, you just chilled. And, and it's not to call you into um, works, but it's to say God gave you God's giving you a calling, he's giving you talents, he's giving you a passion for something, a heart for whatever. What are you doing with it? How are you stewarding what God has given us? Um, and it's a, it's a reward, it's a receiving of crowns, it's the mansions, if you will, all of those things, that that judgment, I think, that the believers then mm. receive. So I, I, I hold a similar thing. It's, it's interesting. Um, Ephesians 2, verse 10. Um, just a part of it says, for we are his workmanship, 
created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Um, and again, it's the real challenges. The real challenge isn't doing the work, but the motivation for the work. If it is to move God's hand, then we've got it wrong. But if it's in response of God moving on our behalf, then the heart's posture is kind of in the in the right space. So yeah, it's it's, it's like the the parable of the talents. God has given you something. What have you done with it? Um, and then to be like, oh no, I haven't done anything. Well then, yeah. you're still in my kingdom, but I'm looking at you sideways. Yeah. You might be the servant that, well, instead of burying it, you want to put it in the bank so there's some interest. Yeah. I was like, what yeah. do you do, Jack? The bank is this stuff. Well, at least, you know. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. I've just thought of an answer for Dapper's question. Okay. Which we'll talk about later. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it's a bit cheeky. <laughs> um, but yeah, cool. Um, I, might, I might send Dapper to this podcast episode. They mentioned it, yeah. Yeah, when you when you push it out, just be like, bro, just yeah, listen to this. Yeah. Um, so my question is because I had to go through my list, uh, it's an older one that I think I know what your answer might be now. Uh, at least I'm, I think I think it might have changed, but let's see. Um, so this is regarding the sovereignty of God, mm. especially from the OG the questions, Calvinistic sort of yeah. point of view, and it's twofold. It's if the sovereignty of God presents the idea that He is in control of everything, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did God make Satan sin? Mm. Does God make man sin? If He is in control of everything to the extent of controlling the path that the leaf takes as it falls to the ground. So, yeah, is is He then in control of? And causing, making, controlling yeah. people to yeah, sin. and did he yeah for the devil as well? I mean, um, it's it's interesting. Like the 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 understanding of the sovereignty of God, as you've right, rightly said, is one that presents absolutely nothing moving outside of the explicit will of God. Um, or at least in the Calvinistic understanding of the sovereignty of God. I think maybe the, the, one of the extreme sides of the Calvinist yeah. understanding. Yeah, where it's just like there's an explicit um, but, um, will of God. Um, devil made and, it. Nah, God made me do it. Do you know like that? I slapped you. you said, Why did you slap me? Because God made God moved my hand. But yeah, it's um, the but the Bible also affirms um, our free will, affirms that we have action, we have autonomy. Um, even I believe it's James that mentions if any of you are tempted, do not say it's God who tempts me, but you're tempted by your own evil desires. Um, and so there is that, there's that, that, there's that reality of us responding to our brokenness and fallenness. Um, and even in terms of 
the Calvinistic Dutch, the Calvin, uh, Calvinist doctrine of of predestination and stuff. There is this understanding that we um, our natural tendency is bent towards sin. Our natural disposition is bent towards sin, and so if there was like, it's almost like when parents do this silly test with their kids they stand on opposite ends and then they both like oh come to me come to me and then they see which one the kid would go to every human a hundred percent of the time would run to sin and it, it's not even a case and it's, it's like there's it's almost twofold there is a fear of God, like in seeing who God is and seeing his holiness and recognizing your brokenness in comparison to him, mm. it is not natural to run towards him. Mm. Mm. But then also there is this reality of, no, like we love our sin. And so we're running away from God out of fear and terror, but also running towards our sin because we love it, because the world loves darkness, as as it said in um, John 1 um so yeah it's just like the fear of god repels us and the love of sin attracts us um but going back to sovereignty and stuff i think i think both coexists um i don't think that i i don't know how it works but even in acts when peter is speaking to um i think is peter speaking to when they were praying um Peter prayed along the lines of the Pharisees came together and did all that your hand had ordained them to do. Mm. Um, But even in saying that, when he was speaking to them in Acts 2, he was very much like, you man messed up. And so even with the understanding of they came together and did what you had ordained them to do, it still didn't... um, wash away their sins um because ultimately they chose to do that um and so this this is the weird thing god's sovereignty doesn't violate our free will because in the moment we're still choosing it we see this tension again in the in exodus where god says to moses i will harden pharaoh's heart but Pharaoh is still held accountable for the hardening of his heart. Mm. Now, however, we kind of understand Pharaoh's heart being hardened if it was a sovereign act of God or God moving his Holy Spirit away from him and kind of giving him the freedom to do that. Just those two statements or those two realities still kind of um, stand true. Um, and so, yeah, I I do affirm God's sovereignty and I do still affirm our free will and it's a it's a conundrum i don't know how to marry the two but all i know is that the bible presents it and so yeah it's a case of even if his his sovereignty is at the extreme end if that's the reality of it where not even a speck of dust floats outside of his will biblically it doesn't negate that we will be held accountable for every conscious decision we've made um even paul's like shall we sin um our sin reveals the glory of god even more so why is he punishing us and it's like there's nuanced arguments um 
but yeah, I I don't know if I haven't I haven't intentionally explored other notions of sovereignty and stuff um, outside of the Calvinistic view. Um, but yeah, I affirm that both I and I I put my hands up and I say I don't know how it exists. Um, the way in which I almost view it, the analogy I use is um i view it as like a wire so there's the plastic insulation and then there's a copper wires inside of it so the plastic insulation is god's sovereign will and then the individual fibers of wire inside of it are our actions now whatever we choose the wires may twist and twirl within the the thing but it's still following that trajectory so we are still exercising our freedom within that trajectory of God's sovereign will. And it's still ultimately following that path without us necessarily recognizing it. Um, I don't, I, I don't ascribe God's sovereignty to his or knowing or knowingness um, because that isn't, that isn't then sovereignty in terms of power but sovereignty in terms of foresight. Mm. So it's almost like I'm playing chess with you and I can see 30 seconds ahead of the game. And so I know what move you're about to make. And so I plan ahead. Mm. Um, that isn't, that isn't power. It's, it's power in terms of, I can read the future, but it isn't power in that I can physically make you move X, Y, and Z. Um, so it's almost like word of wisdom um, rather than, um actual prophecy if that makes sense that that nuanced difference um so yeah i do believe god is sovereign i do believe he is he's in con control over everything the, the lamb was slain before the foundations of the earth um and so the fall of man was very much known to god it, it didn't take him by surprise um he had already made provision um everything that ha has happened and is happening and will happen through human history is not going to take him by surprise. Um, but at the same time, he doesn't remove, even in that sovereignty and in that all powerfulness, he didn't remove our free will. Um, so yeah, a, a bit like the Trinity, I don't fully understand it. I can only affirm um, what the Bible presents and my understanding of the of the Bible at the moment. So yeah, I affirm God is God is sovereign. Um, yeah, he he sits above the circle of the earth and does it whatever he wants. Um, but we are still held accountable. Otherwise, God can't be a just God. If he's punishing us for stuff that he's done, then how is he just? Cool. Yeah, I'm I'm happy with that. Oh. All right, so on to the main topic. I think there's a, a couple of things we can talk about. Um, mm. I would like to talk about Dapo's question. So for the listeners, uh, Dapo is a guy from our church, and he asked a question I thought would be, um, yeah, I, th I think maybe Jem suggested, or, or you suggested. Yeah, good one Jem to, suggested it. It would be a good one to discuss. No one's responded, and I've given a cheeky little answer so it'll be fun to sort of go into it um and then following that if there's time um we can talk a little bit about covenant especially given as the listeners will know you all have been yeah 10 years deep um, 
and yesterday had your ten year anniversary. Well, vow renewal. So yeah, I covenant a little bit. And then there's even another little bit about demons that I oh, wanted yeah. to ask about. Oh, yeah. If we get to time, if we get to it, if if not, it's fine. So let's start with Duffer's question. Cool. Uh, so I'll read out the question, and listeners, feel free to uh, share your two cents. It says, the question is, I tell people I am no longer a sinner, and I no longer sin. They tell me I am a sinner, and I sin every day. I say I do not sin every day, and can't remember when I last sinned. <laughs> I live a holy life. Am I wrong? So my non-answer was, so long as you're not lying, you're cool. <laughs> but it's not; it's a non-answer because it doesn't address, you know, if, if you are living a whole life, then fine, cool, well done. Um, I don't know how yet, but it's cool. Yeah. But yeah. Um, what's At least thing? Warren dropped an answer. Yeah, Warren has dropped an answer. He dropped an answer. An answer. Um, yeah. I'm just calling out people's government names. Well, not the full name, but yeah. Um... So, I think it's in First John. If you claim you have no sin. First John 1, 8. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just. That scripture always amazes me when he said he is faithful and just mm. to forgive us justice would justice would require punishment for our sins yeah but his mercy and his forgiveness is tied to his justice in the scripture mm. and for me is always just like raw your justice forgives me mm. because of jesus mm. like in your justice in your justness, you forgive me because of what Christ has done. Um, now, people have tried to explain that in different ways. Oh, this is before Christ, blah, blah, blah. But John says we. Now, again, I may need to look at the Greek to see what, what tense of the we it is. But in the English, in saying, if we claim we have no sin, looking at the community, the body that he's speaking to, if we claim we have no sin, we lie and the truth is not in us. Um, but then he goes on to say, if we, if we claim we walk in the light and we continue practicing sin, then we lie and the truth is, isn't in us. And so I, I believe that there is a, a paradox, a tension, a twofoldness where it's just like we recognize our brokenness but in walking after Christ, the pattern of brokenness has to decrease. Hmm. Or and and for it to be like we what we aren't the person we were before now, but still recognize that yo, we're still broken and fallen. Um no one, I, I personally don't believe, I know some people do, even in church, um, that we can get to a state of sinlessness. Um, I don't hold that view. I'm, I'm like adamantly against, opposed that view. Um, not because I'm like, oh, let's just continue in our sins. But it's like, from the scripture, we will be like him when we see him. 
Um, let me try find that. Um, first John again, first John three two. Beloved, now we are now we are the sons of God, and it is not yet made manifest what we shall be, but we know that if that if he shall appear, we shall be like him. And so our our like sanctification is a lifelong process. And then glorification is when we're transformed into his image is when we see him. So we've been justified whilst alive, we're being sanctified. And then when we see him, we'll be glorified in him or with him. Um, that I, f- I feel like that's the redemptive journey. Um, so yeah, I, I don't believe any Christian is sinless from the Pope down to the the newest believer i don't believe that any of us are sinless um but i believe that the holy spirit compels us if you really have the spirit in you the holy spirit will compel you to walk in the light which will mean that you should see your sin patterns dropping you should see growing in holiness growing in like being set apart and and um living a life that reflects more and more um he who saved you from the wrath of god um which would look like a decrease in pan yes there will be struggles yes there will be periods of backsliding but the righteous may fall seven times but seven times you will rise and i guess that's where the perseverance of the saints kind of theological firm outlook comes into it where like the holy spirit will compel you um that compulsion may look like you backslide for two years and then come back or you backslide throughout your entire teens and then you come back or whatever it looks like is not like it's not a one-size-fits-all um but i do believe that the holy spirit will will draw you back it could be on your deathbed for all i know (laughs) Um, but yeah, hmm. what's your take on it? OD, shout out to OD. So, OD's watching. Um, and can we say that we ought to be striving to be sinless? Hmm. Um, I like that question, but I'll say no. Um, the reason I'll say no is, um, I think being sinless. It's a byproduct as opposed to a goal. Okay. Mm. So a byproduct in the sense of I would rather encourage people to grow in Christ and to be like him rather than to be sinless. Because mm. then now it's like telling someone don't have sex. Mm. All the person is thinking about now is sex. <laughs> don't think of a purple elephant. Now I'm thinking about a purple elephant. <laughs> like, it's a cognitive thing that the thing I tell you not to think about is what you start to think about. And so if I want you to think, and that's why there's, oh, manifest your dreams and blah, blah, blah. But it's it's like, obviously, the new age thing. It, that there is this thing, this cognitive thing of... Um, you you are drawn you you draw closer to what you think about the most or whatever. 
um, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Because sometimes you're not thinking about getting hit by a car and then you get hit by a car. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that's life, unfortunately. Um, but as as a leader or as a teacher or as whatever position we're in or if we may find ourselves in, I would rather encourage you to get to know the God you are serving. When the Bible says people die of a, um, people perish due to a lack of knowledge, I don't believe it's a lack of knowledge of the enemy, but a lack of knowledge of the God they serve. Mm. And so I would not encourage people to focus on being sinless, but rather to follow Christ. As Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. And um, my belief is as you follow Christ, as you walk in the light, the sin patterns should drop, should diminish, and it would be a byproduct of you actually almost looking back and saying, rah, like it's been a whole month and I haven't actually been tempted to to do X, to do Y. And it's almost like you you weren't really focusing on it until something kind of jogs your mind. It's like, oh, rah. So that that would be that would be my thing. Um, yeah, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. I uh, see what. Um, yeah, focus on the cross and the rest will sort itself out. So yeah, being sinless would for me would be a byproduct. The same way I wouldn't encourage someone to. Um, as soon as you become an art, like, as, I mean, ah, nah, I'm not going to say that, actually, because it's techie. Because Paul does say it's a noble thing to aspire to be a deacon, to aspire to be this. Um, but I wouldn't encourage people to um, to look for position or work for position. But rather stay true to what God has laid on your heart. If God has laid that, yeah. So uh, it's... To me, it's almost seeming like a, I was going to say 69, six and nine thing. So you mm. got the, well, there's a meme, meme of two people yeah. standing, looking at on the floor. And yeah. it's a six to one person yeah. and a nine to another, um, just because they're standing on opposite ends of it yeah, and upside down. And it's almost sounding like there's the idea of running from sin. Mm-hmm. There's an idea of running to Christ. Yeah. And actually, both of those things are running in the same direction. Is that what are you feeling? I, I would argue. Cause if I would argue. Sin, where are you running to? Your pride. You could be. You could be. Yeah. yeah. Or you could be running so, and to that, 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 that will be my argument. Yeah. Um, you could also be running to Christ. You could also be, because you know Christ is holy, you're running from your sin. Like, you're running from your sin because, you know, it upsets God. It's not good for you. It's not healthy. I hear that. It's, but it's, it's, it's like saying to someone, do you want to go to hell? No. Self-preservation. Yeah. Or a legitimate, like, um, um, a legitimate, what's it called? Uh, a, a legitimate... Whoa, what's the Response, word? reaction... Um, Perspective. No, no, so it's <laughs> man searching a roof like this. Like, like, <laughs> so, 
same reason why parents, not parents, but at least in the old school, would, you know, there's a cane. Yeah. Thing. Like a legitimate oh, deterrent. Word. Deterrent. A legitimate deterrent is hmm. I don't want to go to sin. And yeah, uh, I don't want to yeah. go to hell. And it's evil. It's the same thing. Yeah. yeah. It's a thing that exists and it's a thing that I do not want. It could be yeah. self preservation or it could be a legitimate deterrent doing what it's supposed to do. And I don't want pain. And so I'm not going towards pain. Like, I think God presents it as such, definitely as well, in that. Mm. I give you life, I give you death, choose life. Yeah. I think I I would push on mm. push back on that because in the old testament there definitely was a sense of, yo, obey my commandments. Yeah. Like that behave yourself in it. Yeah. Um but I tend to find that on this side of the cross, most people that are running from hell. Mm have a very workspace perspective of god all right so let me let me now let me now come in with my sort of i'll let, I'll let yeah i'll, I'll let you land no because i hear you but i think where i've sort of shifted on the matter is um i think how do i word this i'm open right and i, I don't i don't want to hold um I don't want to hold a standard for all mm. when it could very well not be applicable to someone else. For instance, this idea of um, holiness or, or idea of sinlessness, I should say, because I don't mm. necessarily think holiness means sinlessness in the way that we think of it. Nah, yeah, it doesn't. Um, doesn't. So sinlessness is... If someone comes to me and they're like, yeah, I, I haven't sinned, I don't sin... Just because I can't say that's me doesn't mean that can't be you, if that makes sense. Or at least I'm learning to remain open-minded to the fact that maybe you found some special source. Maybe you got that Enoch anointing and you're like, yeah, walk with God so closely. I'm here. You don't know if I'll be here tomorrow because I could be taken out because I'm cool, you know. Um, but it's it, it's it's more so I don't want to... I don't want to limit what God is capable of. Uh, It used to be, I was thinking, well, if you can never achieve sinlessness, then you don't need Christ. But I don't hold that view anymore because if you are able to achieve sinlessness, it would only be because of Christ. Yes. Yeah. And so, you know, even when you make the argument that, yeah, it says when we see him, we'll be like him. Well, there are those that claim they have seen him. So are they... If they have seen him, that's a good point. Like him, that's a and good again, point. I can't, I can't speak to whether or not what you have seen is Christ. I yeah. wasn't there, you know. Yeah. So it's, and, and and it's it's interesting. Oh, sorry. Uh, let me let you land, man. No, no, no. So, so uh, it, it's more so. It's just I'm open to. I again, my entire faith is based on God being able to do whatever, anything, everything. And so if you have reached something somewhere, understood something where for you sin is no longer a problem, I'm not going to then immediately say you're lying. Mm. Just because I know that for me, sin has still very much been a thing where I'm, as you said, I've seen the sin patterns reduce. I've seen the growth. I've seen God making me more and more into his image. I'm not there yet. There are still things that I find 
their sin creeps in here and there. There's still That still occurs. And it's nothing I, I'm proud of, and it is something I'm running away from. But then, again, and that even then comes into this idea of there are sin, sins I run away from, and then mm. there's also areas in which I'm running to God. But I find mm. that I'm still running in the same direction. Yeah. Sexual stuff and, and like that, I run away from that. I feel like <laughs> point now where I run away from that. Like, no yeah, joke. facts, facts. You know? And it's not Facts. self-preservation. The self would want to go and then do whatever, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. But it is, nah, this, on the one hand, is so insidious and so um, sticky that if, if I let this get in, it will destroy everything. I'm running away from it. But then there's also areas in which I'm running towards Christ, like with um, generosity or with uh, patience, with kindness. I'm not running away from anything in those sense. I'm running towards Christ. I'm trying mm. to be more generous because I know that's what he calls me to do. I'm trying to be more um, patient because I know that's what he calls me to do or that's what the Spirit allows me to do. And so for me, they they both can be in the same direction. I'll completely hear you. There could mm. be one where I'm running away from sin and so the last 30 days I haven't done ABC and that's my ego saying, oh, I haven't done ABC and I need to keep the streak going. I get that. But then I also think there is a possibility for it to be, now nah, I'm running away from sin because I know this upsets my master. This is death, mm. and my God has given me life, so I'm running away from it. And that could be in the same direction to I am running to the source of my life. I'm running to yeah. the living water that I can drink. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm almost open. I wouldn't say someone that says they don't sin is wrong. If they honestly, in their hearts, and again, you know, the whole definition of sin, but if they honestly have come to the point where they just live for Christ and every single step is by Christ's design and they're moving like Christ, and if that's you, then, you know, props to you. I, I can't say you're lying. I won't say you're lying. Mm. But, you know, I just know that that hasn't been the truth for me just yet. But then I also know that, you know, God can, we are at different stages and God can do whatever. So that's yeah. sort of where I stand now. I, I hear that. I hear that. And that's very utopian of you. I, I, I'm still very much just like, bro, you're like. <laughs> and I think, I think it's, I, I definitely hear you and I see your point about um, running away from certain things and running towards God in other areas. Um, I have, I think, my stance in terms of running to Christ and like walking towards Christ in all things, I think that's almost best practice in my perspective. Mm. Oh, not Nathaniel. No, this is, this is good. This is good, man. Um, I think it's best practice and it's like, again, best practice would almost be, um, That, that in in certain things there are best practices, but sometimes you may need a framework to adjust to on your way to best practice. If that makes sense. Mm. So let's let's just take it as uh, martial arts, karate. Yeah. Best practice is you stretch every day. Mm. You get in some sort of cardio a little bit of strength training and then you you actually do your forms and stuff like that 
um, that's someone running at, this is just random, this is someone running at ideal, optimum. Mm. But you aren't able to do that for whatever reasons. Um, and so your framework is almost, okay, I'm going to split this into separate days. One day I'm going to do road work. Next day I'm going to do strength training. Next day I'm going to do stretching. It's less than ideal, but that's almost your framework. Um, and it may be ideal in your situation right now. But as a martial artist trying to make it to like Olympic level and make it full time, this is less than ideal. Can I can I flip that on you? Yeah. Bit? Because you said it and immediately I thought martial arts as well. And I wanted to ask you this. Philly Shell. Right, Philly damn. Shell in, in boxing. <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. is it Philly Shell? Philly Shell in boxing, right? So you you're certified boxing trainer. Um mm-hmm. Best practices is one hand, the rear hand covering the chin, you know, a little mm-hmm. blow covering the ribs. The front hand, you know, almost as a fencing weapon, you know, still up, still there. Philly mm-hmm. Shell flips that. Your front hand mm-hmm. is now covering your belly and your shoulder is open, yeah. right? It's not the best practice, mm-hmm. but it got Floyd Mayweather undefeated. And so uh, my my point, I think, is that there are best practices, but then also there are there are there, there's still opportunity for what is unideal for some to actually mm. be unorthodox that seem unorthodox yeah. and stuff yeah. that still work. Yeah. Um, yes, yes, um, and also we are not all the same, and so best practice for for one person maybe. Again, looking at martial arts and stuff, it may be that I run in the morning. Another person, best practice, maybe I run late at night. Just just the way my body responds to it. I start the day of running or I end the day with running. But at the same time, we're both getting in running at some point in the day. Like, we're both doing it. Um, And so, yes, there are nuance and things that kind of plays with how God has made you. Like, even, like, what motivates you. Um, for some people, getting a six-pack doesn't motivate them to be healthy. But living long to see their grandchildren may. Yeah. You know, like that. Like, I, I want to be, be about to be able to actually play with my grandchildren. But for another person, yo, like, God has given me this body. I need to steward it right. Like, I need to make sure the muscles are in good condition. And that, that for now, that looks like a six-pack. Mm. Um, and so long as it isn't like a... I'm trying to wear this tight T-shirt so everyone can see my six-pack or whatever it is. Um, so, yes, I agree. I agree that in practice, um, best practice may look slightly different. And so even I recognise that... He needs a six-pack. <laughs> <laughs> um, in practice, for some people... Um, I, I guess when I say best best practice and what I would encourage would almost be the the heart behind moving away from sin mm-hmm. as opposed to the roots with which you take to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, so the heart should be wanting to to be more like Christ, to be with Christ, to be in his courts. To, and and that, that will often look like, yo, like, this isn't in line with that. 
I need to move away from this. Um, I tend to find that when we focus on individual sins, most of the people that I've like mentored and sat with and stuff um, and discipled would be like, I'm trying to get rid of this particular sin in my life only to only for us to be going through the same thing for weeks or months. And then as soon as I'm like, all right, cool. God is trying to turn your attention somewhere else or whatever. They find that their their switch of attention and focus moves them away from that. Um, Somehow, some way, like they grow in a different way that kind of... Yeah, so it's almost like I'm trying to get better at bench. And so I go into the gym and all I do is bench without realizing that, yo, like if I train my tricep, if I if I'm if I focus on different chest air pectoral muscles and stuff using other things, when I come back to the bench, I can actually lift more. Yeah. Or if I'm trying to deadlift, if if I can strengthen the back in different ways and blah, blah, I even warm up properly rather than just going straight onto the deadlift. And so I, I, I kind of find that this, this has been a repeated pattern um, and even more so in my life. And so that kind of forms, and even in the Bible. And so I use that as best practice, but it's like, let's always check the heart's posture. Mm. Is the heart still surrendered to God in this? Or is it a case of, yeah. Like the, the, the pastor who's like, if you get to heaven and you don't see me there, you're in hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he says, everything that a person must do to enter heaven, I have done it. Good for you. <laughs> now, there I can be like, bro, if I see you, I'd be vexed. Yeah. I think so. The, 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 I think I, I, I get your position. Um mm. And I think the reason I, I hold my sort of more open position is as well, like, again, I think God can do whatever. God can do anything. Yeah. You know, yeah. if, if I, there's someone who can have a heart posture that can support a sinless existence, you know, then why why not? And and, and also mm. I think, you know, so I can share this guy. I, I think Ade wouldn't mind me sharing this, but Ade said, you know, after, you know, I think puberty or whatever, you know, he he prayed that God, or uh, not puberty, maybe at the point of his salvation, he prayed that God changes the way he sees women so that they're no longer mm. sexual to him and he doesn't have to deal with that sexual sin. Um, great. That didn't happen for me, right? And so God can still clearly do different things for different people. For me, mm. I know I prayed that God gives me an excitement about the word and got it and that literally overnight all of a sudden i'm excited about the word Mm. i know that hasn't happened for everyone else Mm. and so why could it not be that some people are and and the other thing as well is what if they're right and and what if they're right in that yes it's possible to live sinless you know then have i limited myself if yeah just completely decided this is not the case yeah, I know it's not true for me now. It's just a, a thing of, I, I, I just would refrain from saying to someone, "Nah, you're lying." If that's really <laughs> stupid, yeah. liar, liar. Um, it's yeah, I, I hear you, and yeah, I think this is one of those ones where yeah. <laughs> agree to disagree. Yeah. Um, and that's that's why I love the podcast because I, I, 
I wholeheartedly believe that on this side of eternity, no one can get to a state of sinlessness. Um, but, and this, this, this is the thing, because I had this conversation with someone and he's like, so what's the point then? And I'm like, that is the point. The Holy Spirit compels us. Even though we know that we're we're like walking up this steep mountain hole in this massive rock, but we know that we're not doing it alone. We know that the Holy Spirit is, is moving with us and compelling us to keep on going. And is if you give in to your sin, um, it almost betrays um, your faith it almost betrays your faith and it's just like we know we are doing the impossible it is the impossible but the holy spirit compels us to continue flowing against the stream of the world against the stream of of our of our very being because bro if you say you don't sin you live a flawless life i can't even begin to imagine what that looks like mm. practically because it's like we like stealing may not be your vice yeah lust may not be your vice mm. the, the big the big stuff may not be your vice yeah but you may see a homeless person and turn your turn your face now is that sin have you seen a need and neglected it mm. even if you have the means like, what if they have not got the means? Then that's 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 the thing. You haven't got the means, but it's like, it's 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 it's, it's wild because it's just like there are there are things that even when we look through the like, if if your your neighbor's ox goes missing, take them into your house and hold on to it, and then when you see your neighbor give it back to him, stuff like that. If you see a stray cat. Obviously, cats just roam wild, in it? But, like, like, you want, like, there is no area of your life in which it is not in alignment with what God requires. Why not? If, if someone has achieved that, why not? To me, that, that, is, that is a feat. That if you and maybe it's because I can't, maybe it's because I can't do it. But if you tell it to me, I'm not saying I have, I can't do it. But if you if you tell me you're there, I would be like, bro, everything, everything, like you, you don't get you don't get unjustly vexed with your wife. You don't, you don't neglect your partner. You don't honor your partner as like everything. You don't not have a lot of sleep. And so now you're groggy and then your manager's talking to you sideways and then you, you forget to forgive them and then you cuss two, two words and you're everything. You, you didn't get sleep. You're running off Red Bull and caffeine and adrenaline you're driving and someone cuts you off and you're just like god bless you sir like every, bro, what? 
and it's 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 the practicalities because sometimes even with the rich man who came to Jesus and was like, "What should I do to enter heaven?" What's the commandment saying? Do all of that. As soon as it tested his heart, he was like, "No, nah, I can't do it." And it's, I'm just like, you may be okay on the quote unquote big sins, yeah. but even in even in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus brings it deeper into the heart and he's like, just because you don't do X, if it's in your heart, if that desire is in your heart, it's peak. Outside of the unlikely nature of that, what actually prevents a person from doing the things? Because every single thing you, you mentioned, almost in isolation, someone can say, well, that's not my problem. That's yes. Not my problem. That's yes. That's not my problem. Yes. Is there, can you think of anything that then says, it, what would preclude someone from being able to say, like, legitimately, none of those are my problem? My next question would be, then what is your problem? I just focus on, on Christ and I'm good. I haven't sinned. I don't sin. Bro. I, I promise you, a 15-minute conversation with that person, oh, so this is your sin. Like, <laughs> and I'm, I'm not even trying to drag man them down. Like, yeah. bro, if if you believe, if you wholeheartedly believe that you are not sinning, hmm. I, I, I want to say good for you, but at the same time, my heart is like, you're deluded. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to be cynical because you are right. God can do anything, and it, it, it's not negating God's power and God's ability to do anything. Absolutely anything He wants to do. Um, but God's nature and the consistency of His nature is revealed in His Word. And in the consistency of his nature, Jesus came to do the impossible, which included the active obedience, like his life, there was an active obedience to live sinless. It was impossible. And then there was the passive obedience, which is equally, which is equally impossible, but important in that the crucifixion was done to him. He, he fully accepted it, but it was something that we as humanity did to him. Mm-hmm. And he accepted it, and that was his passive obedience. But in terms of living a sinless life, that was every step was active obedience to God. Mm-hmm. And he came to do both things, which is impossible for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, in the consistency of who God has revealed himself to be, I'm just like... I don't, every biblical character has a flaw. Now, obviously, you may say Enoch, Enoch walked with God and then he was, he was no more. Let me actually search. Was Enoch sinless? I think the other distinction as well to make whilst you're looking for that is it's not saying someone has never sinned before. Right, it's mm-hmm. saying at some point, or at least post 
receiving Christ, they don't sin. Or post some understanding of um, the power that is in Christ, or some understanding of living in surrender, or some understanding mm. of living according to, or walking according to the Spirit, they no longer sin. Again, yeah, again, I, I just, I, I, as far as I know, you know, I can speak to what my experience has been. Mm. There's still some areas where sin creeps in. Yeah. It's reducing, I'm chasing after God. I think I wouldn't yeah. limit myself to say this is not possible because if I chase after God and he brings me to the point where I'm not sinning, I'm not then going to say, nah, 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 there's something I need to sin. <laughs> <laughs> let me make up for that. Nah, let me, let me remind myself that I'm flawed. Um, but if someone says they've got that, I think for me, I, I just, yeah, as, as I think as I said, our conclusion is, yeah, just to agree to disagree. I just, I wouldn't yeah. rule it out for anyone else. Yeah. Yeah, um, I just looked at the thing as well. It doesn't say Enoch was sinless. It just said Enoch walked with God and then he was no more. Um, Enoch, both Enoch and Elijah were taken up to heaven. Um, yeah. Elijah, we knew Elijah was suicidal even, so we know. Yeah. So yeah, there, there, is, this, there is this thing of... Um, so that I, I affirm a consistency of your walk with God. I affirm that, like, boy, you you clearly walk with God consistently. I'm just generally saying, I'm not trying to put you on the spot. Um, but, I, so yes, I affirm that. I, I wholeheartedly affirm that someone can live a life consecrated to God, really, like, going after him. And we both know examples of this, um, where... Bro, you can you can ask them how their day was, and then they just go off on a tangent about going into the heavenly realms at five o'clock in the morning to to have something with God. And as soon as I said that, we know who I'm talking about. <laughs> it's just like, but there's a consistency in 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 the way and the way they're living and stuff, and how, how they interact. Um, and I affirm that one hundred and ten percent. Again, I see that within the Bible even characters that fell short and this and that there was still a consistency in, in the way that they 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 lived um but sinless there are still things they may have gone periods of time where they were doing things right and this and that but they, they tripped up on one thing and it had ramifications over here um and and unfortunately really unfortunately those who walk who are able to walk really closely with God, sins that may seem trivial have an exponential impact. So we see Moses, he struck the thing instead of speaking to it or whatever, and it had an exponential impact. He wasn't allowed into the into the thing. We see David. Now, it's peak. You took an ex-man's wife and then you, you killed you killed a guy. But that that then sent his whole lineage down a spiral mm. that literally after Solomon, myth. Yeah. And so it's just like we see those who really walked closely with, with God, um, they they make a mad move and then there's there's a spiral that has a ripple effect. 
um so yeah it's 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 interesting um those are just two examples um but we also see this this measure of grace even in the old testament and, and restoration um we see more of it, of its implications within the new testament with like peter denying christ and um then um trying to live by the jewish rules after but yeah there there is this thing where the proximity and uh the decreased sin which when you actually make a mistake that god holds you to a higher standard he's just like yo you should have known better um yeah yeah so yeah i just and hopefully hopefully my my view changes um but yeah looking consistently throughout the bible i don't see a sinless character um outside of jesus and i'm very much just like this is the pattern of behavior um of humanity and god's god's pattern of behavior being sinless being faultless walking with humanity and gradually take turning their hearts and stuff and for the listeners if you, if you want to try to say abraham didn't no nah, abraham did this thing in it like abraham was not without fault abraham lied abraham lied and the funniest thing is that that very sin led on to the next generation because Isaac's sin about Rachel's very same sin very same sin so yeah it's he didn't have faith that God would keep him secure in the lands that he was leading them into and so he concocted a lie that yo tell them you're my sister and then he tries to oh yeah but she is because she's my dad's kid (laughs) yeah so yeah, um I, I would say heart posture. I would challenge the heart posture. Um yeah. Cool. Yeah. I think yeah. I, I yeah, I love that we even couldn't come to like a Yeah. Yeah. Is what it was, yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. I, I don't think we have time to go into any of the other topics. Nah, other. I think he, even if we do do it, we might not do it justice. Yeah, yeah, no facts. So, cool. Let's uh, let's round up with some hookups. Um, yes. Anything you've been enjoying recently? Um, I could go first if you haven't been. Yeah, yeah. Go first. Go first. Cause there, there, I had a I had a not hookup, but I was like, should I actually jot that. But yeah. So mine is a, I don't know if I've done this before, but it's a podcast that I've been listening to for a while now. Um, Anyone that likes The Office, The American Office, um, will love this podcast. It's from two of the stars of the show, um, and it's their podcast re-watching the entirety of the show. And just episodes giving sort of behind the scenes and stuff and um yeah i at one point in time i was listening to three podcasts about the office i'm just that much of a fan um so this one's called office ladies and um i think you've hooked it up before i think i have yeah it's it's just a good one i i go back to, well i don't even go back to it i've always been listening to office ladies since i found out about it 
Um, but yeah, if you like The Office, uh, it's I think it's a very fun watch, a very fun listen. So yeah, that's my hookup. So my hookup is an anime. Yeah, it's an anime. The final episode of Attack on Titans dropped. Mm. This is even a late hookup because it dropped a little while ago. Bro, Aaron, yeah? Aaron is the one of the most complicated mm. main characters. And they did it so well. They carried it till the end. They because carried it to the... I think Death Note had a similar level of almost like complexity and yeah. sort of planning and stuff but at the end they just sort of dropped the ball yeah it's still hard but then i think attack on titan they they carried it to the very end uh, yeah. yeah bro yeah yeah it's the team sick the team who did that yo sick mapper sick. yo sorry i i have to i have to i have to cuss out Mapper a little bit because they messed up with <laughs> Jujutsu Kaisen so I ain't even like I ain't even Wait, I ain't even what, what? Them. oh okay you're 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 on the manga I'm on the anime no 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 no. Jujutsu Kaisen the anime have you noticed the last episode didn't come out oh uh, do you know what right one just dropped well one's one's out so there's episode 18 oh it just dropped I'm not sure if it just dropped I think it comes out on Thursdays so I'm on Crunchyroll. Um, yeah. There's episode eighteen. Okay, cool. Well, the re- the reason the reason I'm pissed off at them is their animators had to strike and complain. They weren't getting breaks. They weren't getting to see their families. Oh wow! Hours. Yeah, they weren't being treated well at all. And so I don't think this season's going to end. I don't think they're gonna unless they maybe they farm it out and and they they, they don't. Um, the thing, guys, don't animate it till the end. But yeah, mm. they it's so they make their animators sign like an NDA so that they can't talk about the working conditions. But then some wow. guys just had enough. They they've had enough and like broke the NDA, shared it online, and yeah, it's been it's been really bad working conditions that they work in. So, and as much as they did right by Attack on Titan, they haven't done right by their 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 people. So. Yeah. Wow. The work is sick, though. But yeah, you don't you don't want to be hearing that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but true say they. Yeah, I'm just reading an article. The beloved anime company is being called out by its own staff for its tight schedule and committing to too many projects. And yeah, their projects have like increased a lot recently. Mm. I'm seeing their names and a lot of stuff. There's actually a um, an anime music video, a music album on um, Netflix called Samurai Fury. And that's how I got in, introduced to Mappa. <clears throat> I thought I thought it was an, uh, just a normal anime, mm. but it's a anime album. Samurai Fury. It's, it's the music isn't really my taste. It's like rock, 
rockish sort of sort of stuff, but the animation is just gorgeous. Okay, yeah, I might, I might have to check it out. It's about forty five minutes long. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Alright, All right, well, yeah. Um, again, I ain't gonna do the whole spiel. Check out previous episodes. <laughs> I mean, if you don't know where to find us by now, where, where you been there? Mm-hmm. It's like what? SoundCloud is useful. YouTube is yep. useful. Yeah. Um, wherever you see this, then drop us a hit. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, just wherever you get your podcasts from. Blacksmith's Furnace. I mean, if you're listening to this, then you're listening through something. Yeah. yeah. If you can rate us, if you can sort of leave a review, that does help to push the Yeah. Button. Yeah. Yeah, that's if you think it's worth someone else listening to this. So, I hope you do. If if you're on Spotify, they actually require you to have listened to at least five episodes, I think, before you can drop a review. Which is fair. So yeah, that's the listen to the five, drop a review. Yeah. And uh, yeah, thank you guys for sticking with us. Shout out to Robert again. He is tired. He has had a a, a bit of a, a trek, so. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um have a good rest of the week and we'll catch you guys in the next one. This is the Blacksmith's Furnace. Signing out.